Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with the line, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it like Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. All right, we're back. And the number to call in and talk to Reverend Barnett is 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. We need to get some callers. So let's ring this number up, 972-647-1893. So uh, Reverend Barnett, what else do you want to talk about? Well, there are several things that needed to be talked about, but we 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 got some things here that are happening in our ev- everyday life that sort of uh, puts me at a uh, quandary. What is 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 the black flam family in so much trouble? Where that that our percentages are down so low now of uh, husbands and wives, just a simple husband and wife. Uh, what's going on? Why why are so many not happening? Let alone break up, they're not even happening now. What's going on? What do you think it is? What do you think is the problem? You're a single man, aren't you? Yes. Um. From the from a black male perspective, uh, when you're talking about black relationships, it's somewhat hard to find, from my perspective, a woman who, how can I say, respects me for what I'm trying to be and what I have accomplished. Uh, I still get funny looks from African-American women and I got a funny comment on on the uh, text message thing that my my relatives do uh, from out of the clear blue sky. One of my relatives said if, if something's not concerning me, I don't want to, I don't care about it or something and I'm trying to figure out how to respond to this. So what, what are you talking about? What brought that on? And it seems like um, the culture, for one thing, does not embrace uh, marriage. Uh, when we were younger people, that was part of the culture. Marriage, education, hard work. But here lately, uh, in the last 10 or 20 years, all that's been uh, has broken down, and it's it's led to this self-destructive behavior that you see, in particular, uh, among African American youth. Well, uh, uh, did the uh, generation before them did we display uh, the type of attitudes and family attitudes that would send them in that direction. Do you think we messed it up? Or did uh, have TV and rappers and everything else? Have they beaten the parents to the punch? I wonder about that. Well, you know, I was listening to Al Sharpton when uh, 
preaching and he was saying that when he would talk to some of the rappers about using the N-word, the rapper would tell him, well, I can say anything I want to say. But then when the rapper got pulled over by the, by the police, he wanted to call Al Sharpton and help Al Sharpton get him out of trouble. And Al Sharpton responded, he says, well, Ingers don't have any rights. So you you, you kind of, you want it both ways, but that's not reality. So, uh, you, you know, you, you can't reinvent the wheel. So I, I hope younger people understand that some of the things that we've done to get them where they are, they need to respect those things and maintain those things. And if they want to create something different, well, they have to do the work to make sure that it's going to be productive. And uh, we got a call, Rev. Barnett. All righty. Who do we have, Pierre? We have Reginald on uh, line three. Reginald? Yes. All right. Good morning, Reginald. Go ahead, Reginald. Is that? Uh, yes, sir. I'm here. Um, I wanted to know uh, if that scholarship is for in, interstate or out-of-state students. The school is located about 700 miles north of here. So in the wintertime, it will get cold. Okay. 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 But and if you are a first-generation student, you'll get a stipend, and you can buy your coats, your boots, yes. your travel, nope. your computer, everything. Okay. Sounds good. I, I have a child that's not a state, but I was uh, just trying to see does they qualify. Oh, yes. Um, you know, because he's, uh, he's from Florida. That's fine. And definitely want to get that going for him because he's a A student. He does great. And uh, I just wanted to stay on top of that and everything because when we do do things like this here, I want his name to ring. And sure. uh, things come out of that of those who put their best foot forward. Mm -hmm. Just call that number and uh, leave your information. I most definitely will, sir. I truly appreciate you, gentlemen. And keep doing the positive things we're all doing. All righty. Leon, would you give the number out again? All right. Let me get the phone and tap. It's The number is 972-808-6932. 972-808-6932. All right. And the number to call in here... To KNON is 972-647-1893. And who do we have next, Pierre? So we have Bendy on uh, line one. And that's Bendy? Yes. All right, let's see if we got this one right, Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Bendy. Hello. 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 You're on. This is Malcolm Robinson. Okay, now it's okay, Malcolm so, Robinson. Strike yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I think she hung up the phone. That's okay. Why. Yes. All right, Barrister, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine. That's good. I'm glad you're doing better. You, you sound yeah. like yourself this morning. Yeah. And Reverend Barnett, uh -huh. I was calling. 
because I don't know if you had an opportunity to listen to the 1619 project on WFAA Channel 8 uh, this past week. Excellent. Or how many of the uh, members of the audience listened to that? Excellent. It was outstanding. Very educational. 1619 uh, project? Yes. Yes. The year we were, we were brought First, you brought their slaves? Yes, yes, right. Okay, they had that on channel late? Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I missed it. No, I tried I to call you. Yeah, it was outstanding. <laughs> I tried to call you, Reverend Barnett. The young lady yeah. did an outstanding job. Helen Nicole. Dr. Helen Nicole. And it was a wake-up uh-huh. call. Yes, it was. As to All right. where we are now and where we were then. In my opinion. Mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, we are at a crossroads. And I think we need to realize that. Mm-hmm. This is potentially mm-hmm. dangerous time. The, the racists, they feel in both. Right. And this uh, DeSantos, whatever you call himself. DeSatan. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he's dangerous. His brother called him be sanctimonious. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. Between him and, and Trump, and Abbott, we need to be careful. Hot Wheels. Hot mm-hmm. Wheels. Hot Wheels, I think, yeah. going to stop the stuff. Okay. But he's dangerous, too. Very so, dangerous. I just wanted to to uh, call attention to that sixteen nineteen project, and I just felt it was just outstanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe I'm the only one felt that way. No, no, no. <laughs> it was outstanding. So, Malcolm, what what did you what did you get out of? It? What did I get out of it? Yeah. Uh huh. Well. <clears throat> The educational value is is one thing, but mm-hmm. also the awareness mm-hmm. of the time we are in now versus the historical aspect of that. Mm-hmm. And people need to wake up and make sure they hear it. And, uh, I mean, the... I think in 1948, which was the year I was born, didn't they have uh, the, uh, uh, let me see, the Stennis and all of them were, ran the, uh, I call it the Ku Klux Klan ticket or something. I might be a little mm-hmm. off on that. Uh mm-hmm. But, you know, we are reliving some of the things that have occurred in the past. Mm-hmm. Jim Crow. And, and both <clears throat> from an ancient aspect, I say ancient, not really ancient, but uh, in the Jim Crow area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was, I mean, I was just so impressed. I didn't know, I didn't know uh, WFAA. Was that relevant? <laughs> That's right. ABC. ABC. Yeah. ABC. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. ABC. 
the whole yes. world could see it without having to have cable. That's right. Hmm? So well, that used to be the Dallas Morning News station. Yeah, and you so, knew that wasn't forward thinking. I just couldn't. You know, I just kept listening. Listen, I just couldn't. I said, "Oh my!" Three goodness. hours. It was, it was, it was, I mean, it was so important. I hope they do it again. Well, you can get it on Hulu also. Yeah. That's the, that's where I first heard it, but they re-edited it and added some new dimensions. Yes. And those were just absolutely phenomenal. Yes. So I just uh, like to uh, bring attention to that. All right. Uh, do you think they're going to air that again or, or something? You can put out there and make sure more people see it? I think they will. Oh, yeah, and you know, ABC is uh, owned by Disney, so they may just do it just to stick it to The Satan. The sanctimonious. Yeah. Well, now. Just stick it to him again. But, uh. Well. People need to pay attention. Does, does the network own uh, Channel 8 now? Say that again. Does the network, the network own Channel 8, does it? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's an ABC affiliate. It it's an ABC affiliate, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. It's an affiliate, but I don't know if it's owned by. by that, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I, I know it didn't used to be. Um. Mm. But still, just uh, them, them. Now, who is this young lady that they put this on? Hannah Nicole Jones, Doctor Hannah Nicole Jones. She's a she's a professor now. I think at Howard. She was at yeah. University of North Carolina uh, when the yeah. first uh, editions of the sixteen nineteen project came out, and there was a big controversy because the university did not want to give her full tenure. And uh, she decided to take an offer at Howard, and she has continued her work. And mm -hmm. uh, the the results of it, the fruit, uh, were on full display. I believe it was last this past Thursday night on ABC. Mm -hmm. And it was just as the barrister, barrister said, outstanding, uh, a real education uh, into. Uh, Toward the term, toward the end, uh, the case for reparations was was uh, laid down as uh, how can I say it as completely as could be. Oh yeah. Well, and see, see that that's the greatest fear that people have. That reparations case is is a slam dunk case. Mm -hmm. See. And that's that's what they afraid of the CRT. Right. That's a, right. It would show it's a slam dunk, mm -hmm. and the biggest perpetrators was the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the desperation uh, lies on, on that side, too, because of that. And that caused them, in my opinion, to be even more... Uh, coming out strong to present okay. their opposition to it. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we, have, we may have some dangerous times ahead. I hate to say that, but 
to uh, 1857, I think, when uh-huh. the Dred Scott case was decided by the Supreme Court. Right. And that case, that case laid down, in my opinion, the foundation for the Civil War. Mm-hmm. When that judge said that a, a black man had no right that a white man had to respect, he really was telling the truth. Because a black man had no recognition under the Constitution of the United States as a man, mm. as a human being. Uh-uh. He was on the truth there as human. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, it, I, I just, you know, I was just so impressed with it. I mean, really. I said, I can't believe this is on TV like this. <laughs> Well, uh, Barrister, if you hold over, hold on for a minute. Uh, we got to go to a quick break, and then we'll let you conclude your thoughts. Okay. And we'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? I'm going to kick it with the line, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it right Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. All right. We're back. And, Barrister, can you conclude your thoughts? My thoughts are concluded other than to say that uh, next Saturday is the second Saturday of the month. And I will, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess we'll be available during the second Saturday. And and I'll uh, talk to you and Barnett because I know you had some issues you wanted to kind of correct regarding the last time that uh, we were on. So... uh, so we 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 yeah, we'll, we'll get that straight uh, uh, by next Saturday. Okay, we'll get that straight. Yeah, take care of it. And it, yeah, it, it may have something to do with a personal appearance for the barrister, but I'll let you gentlemen get that ironed out. Okay, well, thank you, Leon. All right, thank thank you, Rabbi. His name now is Leon. <laughs> I know. Yeah, his name is Leon. Leon. Vive la France! Vive la France! Vive la France! Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, now. All right. Bye. Thank you. Right, clear the line, 972-647-1893. All righty. All right. Yeah. Uh, Beverly is on the line four. Who? Beverly. Beverly, okay, yes. yeah. Right. Okay. Good morning, Beverly. Good morning, you guys. How you doing? We're doing fine. I am. I am, too. I was talking, too, when you had me laughing sitting there. While ago, but you know what, Pastor? I, they changed yeah. our frequency and our vibration. Uh-huh. They changed. They changed that. We came up in an era that it was plenty loving, wasn't no hate on each other, but we helped one another that we could. And when they changed the vibration, I wouldn't let my children. I saw. I saw the change. 
It was where we went from ladies and mothers to bees and nature. You know, it just... You know, go right, go right here, bro. Go right. And we're working out of low vibration. We're very low in the vibration. I did not let my children come into my house with that kind of music. I was over the music. And it was about love and loving one another. And we didn't have hate. And you know, we I'll say it again. Integration messed us up. Well, there are a lot of people that will agree with you on that. Uh, and the way it was done really was uh, sort of, sort of, uh, well, it, 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 if you read a certain plan that the Republican Party wrote, they, they, they meant to mess us up with integration, yes. to yes. change everything. That was the they, whole, that was the purpose of the, what they did. Mm-hmm. That's it why I say they was. are Satan. They are Satan, y'all. They say, you know why I say that again? <laughs> after Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan appeared to him on that mountain. He told Jesus, be just bow down and worship him. He gave him all of this world. Jesus told the man, can I live by bread alone? Okay, what are we dealing with? <laughs> well, it, it's, it, it's, it's a tough situation that we're in. Because as Dr. Joseph H. Jackson, he was the president of the National Baptist Convention USA, said here in Dallas in 1966 that uh, if we go ahead with all this integration by the turn of the century, you will not know black America. Hmm. Professor, you might, or was you Wait wrong? a minute. Say that one more time, please. Dr. Joseph Jackson said that by the turn of the century, if we integrate, you will not know black America. Okay. Okay. You guys have a good one. Will we will change as a people. Yeah, and we mm -hmm. did. We did. I mean, like a 90-degree turnaround. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is unreal to me. And we act like the the abnorm is the norm. Mm -hmm. You can't tell us anything. Everybody, I mean, this this is the conquered and divided. That was, that was their mission. Have a good weekend, you guys. You too. All righty. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Well, Leon, what do you think about that? Do you think uh, we are uh, we have changed that much? Uh, are we still grasping for things that we should have had from the very beginning? Uh, what do you think we are? Are we still just begging? Uh, have we stood our ground to take exactly what we deserve? How do you see it? Oh, well, first of all, Reverend Barnett, <clears throat> we need a cultural paradigm shift. As Beverly mentioned, uh, we need to go back culturally to uh, the days of when we respected each other as human beings and valued each other's lives. As you can see, when you look at the news, younger people do not value 
uh, each other's lives. They would kill each other over, uh, I don't know, step on my tennis shoe and, you know, or you look at me wrong or whatever. We need to, we need to roll that back. Uh, but uh, the professor from Duke University on the 1619 Project, he, uh, he quantified, he monetized what we should have uh, in this country as African Americans, former slaves. He said that we should have $350,000 a piece. And uh, I thought that was uh, an eye opener because I had never seen a, a figure that was so specifically uh, and uh, scientifically derived, okay? And uh, so, of, of course, the, the naysayers, the, the Satans and the Hot Wheels and the MAGAs and the Ultra MAGAs will say, well, we don't owe you anything. Uh, but um, Miss Nicole, she so uh, A, B, C, D, 1, 2, 3, 4, explain why we are owed this money. And then the professor from Duke University said that, well, the way you would uh, distribute this money is comparable to the stimuluses that we had seen in the last uh, four or five years of the COVID uh, epidemic, pandemic. You just do a stimulus. And the government has the money. And if they wanted to, uh, these billionaires, which four over 400 of them in this country, can contribute some money because they have a billion dollars, which is a thousand million. So we need to combine these two things to get the African American uh, population in America to where it should be based on what we've done for this country. Well, now, three, you think $350,000 is a reasonable number? For what our ancestors built. Well, he made numbers. He picked that number because I'm assuming he thought that was a more realistic number. But he did mention that the numbers were much higher than 14 trillion. So I'm assuming that the reason he picked that number was because he thought that that number would be something that could be done uh, realistically, as opposed to you know something two or three or four or five times that higher, which actually the value of what we've done is, is much higher. But to try to get it done through a political process, uh, just as uh, politicians say, you can't get everything you want. It's a give and take. But is that even really close to what we built our ancestors have been. No. And some of us who are old enough to have done free labor also in many ways when they would send you into the cotton fields and tobacco fields and different things like that and work you from sun up to sun down for three hours and fifty cents a day. Mm -hmm. uh, you have uh, things that should be even paid back since the end of slavery. Mm -hmm. We have to, we have to understand that that this thing 
has not really totally changed yet. We're still discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We right. still are put down, put at the back of the line when it comes to when the when the goodies are coming out. When I'm talking about when good contracts are come out, can our uh, entrepreneurs can they be it and be and, and be it and treat it fairly in those bids? Mm-hmm. The thing, the things that I that really make wealth in this country, we are still denied from it. They, 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 they still hold that away from us. Mm-hmm. That's right. See, we would need enough money to build our own. Well, we can, we can have our own, really, uh, to deal with. Because, let me tell you the truth, they're never going to treat us fairly. They will never. It won't ever happen. We're coming to the end of the age of the Gentiles. We read that in the 11th chapter of Romans you will find that we will never, ever be treated with parity with them. Well, that's certainly the way the MAGAs and the ultra-MAGAs and those different right-wing groups feel about African Americans. Uh, That's another thing that uh, Dr. Nicole was talking about in her 1619 Project. Uh, documentary that uh, a lot of uh, whites do not feel comfortable with equality and equity with black people. A lot of them don't. And that's just uh, the fact and uh, a fact rather. And uh, we can see evidence in the way they, you know, the way they, when they go to these rallies for these different MAGA people, uh, you know, you see the Confederate flags and the different other flags and the Nazi flags and all this other stuff. And these things are antithetical to what uh, African-Americans uh, are about. Well, what is what drives them? What really drives them? Um, there is a historic fear in particular of African-American men. Um, This has been, uh, how can I say, it's been ingrained, it's been taught, it's been handed down uh, because of, uh, when you look at your, your, your athletes, for instance, in certain sports, and you see African-American males dominance in these sports, well, uh, I don't think a lot of European guys like that. And they want to feel that, uh, you know, they can dominate everything across the board in the culture, but they don't have a trepidation with, you know, dominating, say, the financial sector, where you don't see any, you know, very few African-American men or you know, different industries. Uh, we don't participate in a lot of things in this country as, uh, say, for instance, uh, Asian people do, uh, people from India. Uh, you know, Latinos have their own sub-economy within, within the national economy. And it's just that uh, they just don't feel comfortable with, with 
with African American participation on those levels? Well, the, the operative word you used there was fear. Mm-hmm. Fear. Fear. Bigotry, hatred, and fear. They, because they think we think like them. Mm-hmm. Because had they been done the way we've been done, if we ever got a chance, we would retaliate. Mm-hmm. The African American, as you had said, that. Don't think in those terms. We don't think like that. Mm-mm. But that's the way they think, they think, and that's why fear. Mm-hmm. Have them trapped where they have to, they feel like there's nothing else they, that they can do but keep retaliating against us. And eventually, it will break out in a civil war in America. Mm. That's what they want. That's why I say mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't change. All right, Reverend Barnett, let's take a call. Okay, let's go right here. All right, we have uh, Andra on uh, line one. Sandra? Andra, Andra. Cassandra. No, Andra. All right. Go ahead, Andra. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. David, you cannot talk about the Florida governor since the Texas governor mirrors whatever he said. Mm-hmm. Now, you talk about the 1619 project. It was called out by name. It was banned. The critical race theory was banned, and it is not even taught in the high school. But yet, the 1619 was called out by name. And so we have at least 11 different bills that um, uh, do something that that, that integrate um, uh, uh, history, our black history. And so um, that's one of the importance of why I celebrate Juneteenth, because it has a lot of our history uh, in it. And when you do that, it gives, you know, the opportunity, when you celebrate it, it gives the opportunity for you to go back and remember. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, my understanding is that June is uh, considered Black Music Month. The whole month of June is considered Black, uh, Black Music Month. And then most times we celebrate Juneteenth the whole month of May. I mean, excuse me, the whole month of June uh, at different uh, different dates, but uh, mostly the the third week. But anyway, could you tell me how did Gay Pride take over the month of June? When they got their court ruling in August, they have a big portrait in the morning news saying gay teeth, gay teeth. It was in August. They got their ruling to have uh, same-sex marriages in, in August. So could someone please explain why it is now uh, taking over the month of June? Well, for one reason, uh, Gordon Granger landed at Galveston on June the 19th to make the announcement um, when he came. 
And uh, he came up the Navasota River there to where Mahare sits now, right outside west of Mahare. And uh, it was announced, that was a couple of days later, but it was told that he came to Galveston June 19th. All right, Reverend Barnett, just hang on just a second. Hold that thought, and we're going to go to this quick break at the top of the hour, and we're going to be right back. Here we go. All right. We're back for our final hour. And Reverend Barnett, you can go ahead and conclude your thoughts. Okay, Reverend Barnett. Now, to be honest with you, you started this show out talking about the, the, uh, the black family. What happened to the black family? Okay, I use the example of uh, Juneteenth as an example, to be honest with you, to back in to the subject of the gay uh, marriages also contribute to the lack of the black family. There are many, many, many people who are marrying of the same sex. And so family is not uh, like it used to be. It used to be, so you see a lot of that. But I do want to know why uh, June was Black Music Month and Juneteenth was celebrated in June. Why do the gays have Pride Day all month long? And I understand a big flag uh, replaced the state flag at Dallas City Hall big flag uh, there at uh, Dallas City Hall and I just wanted to know how did it go Gay Pride used to be in August and how did it go from uh, August to June? Well, everything that African Americans ever did in this country has always been undermined. Emulated. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing can you think of anything that we ever come up that was good for us that it wasn't soon undermined by oh us. it definitely was Juneteenth was undermined because the South felt that uh, celebrating uh, Juneteenth was uh, signifying their defeat and in most states they really uh, outlawed uh, celebrating um, uh, Emancipation Day, uh, almost to the point to where people from my generation don't even remember uh, celebrating it in 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 May May eighth and 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 April tenth and and August eighth. Uh, they just they just outlawed it, and so what we did, we continued celebrating it. We bought our own land, and that's what's so beautiful. That's why I like the history of Mahaya is because they bought their own land and then deeded it to the 19th of June organization. And it's still owned and operated by uh, the descendants of slaves. It's owned and operated, and it's never to be sold. Now, Dallas sold their Emancipation Park, Riggs Park. And do you know what Dallas did with theirs? 
they made it into a dog park. A dog park. Mm-hmm. Our home ground. Now, now, now what did you say, sir? No. Uh, Sandra, here, here's, what, here's what's happened with that whole thing is that we, as a people, changed within ourselves when we got the 64 civil rights bill and was able to go places we couldn't go before, ever before, get some, mm-hmm. a few jobs that we'd never gotten before, we began to speak out against Juneteenth and said we ought to be cursing this day for them telling us late rather than, rather than uh, continue to celebrate it. We did some of this ourselves. We did this. Oh, yeah. I Fort mean, Worth you know, uh, Ron Kirk, Eddie Bernice uh, Johnson, Eddie Bernice Johnson, Juanita Crap. In fact, Juanita Crap is quoted in the Dallas Morning News saying that she does not go outside her door uh, for people to fear that she would might be celebrating Juneteenth. Uh, there, there are many people nationwide that felt that they shouldn't be, and I think it's a lot of myths involved that were put down by the South, and I'm trying to uh, uncover those. And so uh, I've got a book coming out, and I have some uh, myths that I like to, but what I want to do first is to celebrate uh, Juneteenth at, uh, at in Mahaya at Booger T. Washington Park. We're bringing... Um, the uh, great-granddaughter of uh, Booger T. Washington because of his legacy. And I know that uh, he, uh, he, he wanted us to be entrepreneurs and wanted us to study trades and do things. And you know now that they're going to do away with a lot of government jobs, there are a lot of uh, young people or who are leaning towards entrepreneur. It's just uh, really amazing how uh, that got turned around. So, anyway, um, there's a lot of myths, including including the fact that a mule brought the message or that we were the last people to be enslaved. That's not true. That's not true. That's been debunked by uh, the uh, former uh, NAACP in Seattle on Roland Martin's show. Uh, it's just been a lot of myths involved, and so I want to try to you know, correct some of those so that we don't think of Juneteenth uh, as being a negative. It is, it's our thanks to thank God for giving us uh, freedom out of bondage. That's what it's really purposed for. Okay, ma'am, can you uh, wrap it up by telling us again where the celebration is, what time it is, and some other information? Well, I don't want to take anything away from uh, people who are celebrating it here in Dallas. Uh, uh, they have the Elite News, uh, a march and parade at Rochester Park, at William Blair Park. The city of Dallas is celebrating Juneteenth uh, Saturday morning with the Health Walk. The African American Museum is sponsoring a uh, symposium. Uh, Friday and Saturday. And in conjunction with Juneteenth, uh, Terry Allen is uh, supporting um, 
a real men cook on Father's Day, and Deep Ellum is celebrating its 150th anniversary. Deep Ellum is, and we all know that Deep Ellum was, you know, a Freedman's uh, area, and uh, uh, it was a musical culture art uh, district for us. In fact, William Sidney Pittman designed the uh, Knights of Pythia Ballroom, which we are going to Friday uh, for a dance and reception. So um, uh, they're celebrating their 150th anniversary, and they're celebrating it by uh, having a Juneteenth musical festival and art festival on Sunday, Sunday, uh, from 12 to 6. So we've right. got a lot of things going on right here in Dallas, too. So it's going to be celebrated here, too. Okay. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you. A lot of good information. Good information that uh, Sandra brought. Uh-huh. But we want to make sure to let the world know. Congress didn't have to tell me. I'll let you know. To celebrate Juneteenth, I've never stopped. I've celebrated all my life. And it was, other than Christmas, there was no holiday as big as Juneteenth. Once upon a time, here in Texas with black Americans. No, once upon a time. All right, Ron Barnett, uh, I want you to mention your church service tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow morning, nine, uh, 10, th- uh, 10 o'clock, at least 9.30 for so 10 o'clock, we are on Facebook, Marion Barnett Sr. Be with us, Heavenly Joy Church, tomorrow morning. We would love to have you. Love, we love celebrating the Lord and enjoying the Lord with you. And we also teach as well as we preach. So we want to make sure you come and be inspired by the word and the love of the Lord just shedding upon you from our service tomorrow. So everybody, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, Facebook. All right. All right, Pierre, do we have another call? Uh, yeah, we have Tony on uh, line three. Who? Tony. There is, a, there is a lot of background noise. Good, yeah. good morning. Good morning, Tony. How y'all doing? Great. Fine. How are you doing? All right. It's a lot in today's discussion. I'm going to try to get to it real quick. First, we are the antidote to that pandemic. We are the uh, moral compass of the idea of America. Being this, we're the only reason why uh, America ideal and freedom, because we, we fought for it. Now, to go to Cassandra's point, you know, I'm trying to some of this stuff up, is this. The reason why the gay community has the power it has once they voted, you know how it got, got that right? To the 14th Amendment. And that's how it got its right to that 14th Amendment when um, it's, it's a part of the 14th Amendment that they fought for that, that, put in, that was put in for us that they used to get it. Now, the reality is this. They probably vote in a greater number than we do. And at the end of the day, it's like, like I talked about earlier, the CP19 project, which is which was broadcast by ABC National and was 
chain on the local affiliate of Channel 8, and, 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 and uh, uh, Anna Nicole, who's actually a journalist first, that wrote in the New York Times in the project, they want to permission to do it. But it's a great, pro, it's a great program, and nevertheless. But the point I'm making is this, is that there's other places to get information from, like Roland Martin, a Black Star Network, and they talk about this every day, Monday through Friday, talking about how these rights are taken over. And the Republicans have said this, they already know we don't vote. And they'll give it the democracy, they, 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 they have learned from us how we have protested and got to our rights. So what they're doing is they can rallying us and not vote to the point where, guess what? You already follow laws anyway, we don't believe in democracy, so we're gonna slam it. We're gonna slam it down your throat, and guess what? Everybody's gonna say, "Well, I don't vote because I don't like the president of the United States." Cool. You cannot get reparations in the United States if you do not go through the protocol of electing uh, representatives and uh, and senators to get it. I don't care who you are. I don't care how black you are. Until the system is destroyed, you got to go by the system that we have now. And the fact of it is this, God, thank you for not voting because, uh, you know, I, I don't like Biden. Cool. When Ron Mussolini, the Sanders, mm-hmm. uh, getting power, don't cry. Same thing with local politics. I live in DeSoto. Uh, no, 70, 74 people have voted so far for the uh, 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 runoff. So guess what? We don't care about voting. So I guess I, I tell you what we, we care about. We care about things we spend money on. So we spend money on sports, entertainment, liquor, and and those things that that, that sedate us is one of the problems. And so at the end of the day, the public's gonna take the take power in this country because the fact of it is this civil uh, civic is not being taught. But that, the beauty about it, we have this program and we have a program like the Black Star Network, which Roland Martin runs, that Feed us information that's counter that's counter to the, the the general public. The problem is we're not uh, supporting be like news of Dallas Black Weekly, Dallas Weekly. Phoenix got all these black school districts: Duncanville, Lancaster, Soto. They ain't spend no money. They ain't spend no money at, at, at none of those no black newspapers we have here. None of them. But guess what? There go them white folks WFAA or CBS News and get that and, and, and get that. So at the end of the day, we have to go back to the mindset, take care of our own, buy our own, and start buying property. I don't care if it's two feet. And I'm leave y'all with that. Thank you. And thank you for your call. We used to bend towards that uh mentality, but it, it's not happening anymore. Like you said, you are correct on your call, sir. Thank you. I'd like to point something else out, Reverend Barnett. Um, African Americans overcame slavery. Then we overcame Jim Crow. Now uh, we want reparations. So we must keep in mind that, as you have said, Reverend Barnett, we've never lost a battle that we fought. So we need to move forward and start working toward these uh, goals and objectives because it can be done, but it has to be done. It's not going to come out of the sky 
uh, as some of uh, some of our uh, spiritual spiritualists say, we can just pray on it and it will happen. Uh, no faith without works uh, is dead, and so if we move forward with action, inspired by spirituality and righteousness and all these other qualities, we can achieve our goal. Okay, so you're right. So who do we have now, Pierre? And Pierre is taking a call now, but we got to keep this in mind that we are capable of achieving these objectives if we just maintain our forward progress and determination, perseverance, and all these other things. They're verbs, they're not nouns. And they're actions. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're waiting on Pierre to get another call queued up here, Reverend Barnett. But let me say this on this. In Dallas, Houston, Austin, Fort Worth, all your large cities, in Texas, and your large cities across the South, African Americans should do better than they're doing because they do have black role models still in their school system. In small towns across the South in America, your your role, black role models were wiped out. They got rid of the principals. They got rid of the coaches. So many things they got. We up against a break. Yes, we are. And okay. we'll be right back, Reverend Barnett. Just hold your thoughts. We'll be right back, guys. Yeah, what's up? I'm going to kick it with the line, y'all know. Here we go. All right, we're back. Reverend Barnett, so go ahead and finish your thought. Well, in small towns, black role models was wiped out with so-called integration. Mm -hmm. That really hurt us. Mm -hmm. They closed most of all the black schools mm -hmm. and sent us to white schools. In Dallas years back, they had what was called the M&M program. Well, you know, from majority to minority to majority, it never took place. Mm. They, they bust our children out of uh, Oak Cliff, South Dallas, in their and sent them to uh, Hillcrest and to Thomas Jefferson and the W.T. White. We are see the whole thing, the way this so-called integration came down on us, it was not. It was not carried out like it, was, it should have been carried out. And that's one of the key things. Everything that we do, they, even if the law states something good to happen, they figure out a way to undermine it. I've been saying this for 40 years mm. on this station. Mm -hmm. And then people know, don't just buy into something because some white folks said it was good, it's going to be good for us and all. Investigate it. Mm. Research it. Think about it. See if it has the veracity that it's supposed to have. And, uh, once we start doing that, we, we, we can go a lot further down the road. All righty? You got some callers? Yes, we do. All righty. Pierre, who do we have? Uh, we have uh, Reverend Wright on uh, line four. 
Good. What's going on, preacher? Doctor, Brother Nick, you doing all right? Fine, fine. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored, Pastor. I just want to run quickly through all what you all were talking about this morning, and uh, which was a good conversation starting out with the family thing. You asked the young man about the family thing. And, you know, Pastor, mm-hmm. they came at us with everything they could come at us with, but they, they were successful with that old Roman tactic, divide and conquer, where the white man mm-hmm. and the black woman, back in she when the LBJ did this after Kennedy got assassinated here in Dallas, we told the black woman to marry the government. And you know, when we were brought up, we, as a family, we didn't have nearby what we have today, and we stuck together. Until we come mm-hmm. back together as a people, we will continue to go through the things that we're going through. And we got a whole people that look like us accountable. The young lady mentioned mm-hmm. Juneteenth. Had it not been for your black president, Juneteenth wouldn't have been a gay month. Barack Obama mm-hmm. passed that. He passed mm-hmm. June and knew that we celebrated on a Juneteenth in the month of June like we did down here, but he, he immediately passed that into the gay month, and that's why we're going through what we're going through. So we have to start holding our accountable. Those young men that say that N-word, and, you know, we always complaining about that because when we said that, we, we were upset with you, and we, that was something that was kept silent. But to say that musically mm-hmm. was by design. So they said, well, if they call themselves one publicly, we, we shouldn't have a problem doing that. But it's that old Roman tactic. And the young lady, yeah, and the young lady that uh, that did talk about Juneteenth, Santa was talking about Juneteenth. Yeah, we celebrated for generations past, and you were right, some of us didn't. But a lot of us did, and it was like one, like Christmas, like you said, one of the holidays that we all celebrated successfully. And that's what was stolen from us. And until we are able to come back together as a people, we're going to continue to go through what we're going through. And perhaps here's the sad part about it. They use people that look like us to destroy us. Hmm. Yeah. Well, a preacher oh, would oh, let you me say something. Uh-huh. Oh, By Christmas oh, and Juneteenth. Go ahead. Uh, Christmas and Juneteenth. These holidays. They were good, and we had a good time doing this. Yes, we did. But they could be some of the bloodiest holidays you'd ever want to see. You know, we were you know, that. They, you know, we were celebrating that up, and, and they came down there and started shooting people. Where everybody, where we all went down there to celebrate, all of a sudden they started yeah. shooting down there because they knew that's where you remember when that took place? That, that yeah. pretty much eliminated well, that was in 70, 70, I think it was 72 or 73, somewhere along in there. Right. right. Where, they, where the three young men were drowned by the law enforcement down there in Mahaya. They put them all in the bull. Yes, and they were going to float them uh, across the Navasota River. They said some rape. There was the Navasota River. And the boat turned over. And the young men was handcuffed from behind, and the three black young men down there that they had arrested, all those three, they drowned. Mm. And, and they have not had uh, 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 a Comanche crossing. That's what they used to call it, they. That's what we call the crossing. Yes. The and they haven't had that, one of those celebrations in years. Yeah, we had black politicians in positions that should have said something about that. And I'm talking about the senators and all of them, and not a one of them said a word of what took place when that happened. Mm-hmm. So until that's, that's what's destroying us. And, you know, at the end of the day, 
And I know you, you were talking about the Republicans, but you know I mean you always talk. Both parties don't care about us. And I told you we are all a victim. Oh, Both parties victimize yeah. us. So neither party cares about us. But until we come together and as far as the white community is concerned, past, you know, they're not no they're no longer the majority in this country. Where I am. So I now, so you see blacks on commercials, you see black doing everything. Now, why all of a sudden now you see it? Because the Hispanic community is growing powerfully in this country, and they're trying to trick us to side with them. Well, see, they, those are culturally cohesive people. This is why they're moving forward, and we're not. We're not culturally cohesive. We we celebrate a lot of things and do things alike, but when it comes to putting it together and making us one big force, no, we just won't do it. I don't know why, but until the pulpit starts preaching togetherness even and bringing our people even, together like this year, we'll never make it. Well, you know what? They got a bunch of just went preachers. <laughs> when we were coming up, you know, we, we, we stuck together. We visit the community. We do things like me and you do and not fight in the community. But we got them just preachers. And what I mean by that is God said there was some I called, some I sent. But we got some just went ones. And that's why if we can't come together as men of God, how do we expect our people to? Mm -hmm. Even when they destroyed the family, we should have said, that's okay. God is your father. We're going to go ahead and be your stepdaddy. Come on in there, stay in God and trust in the Lord. We never did that. And until we can come together and do that, we're going to do that. And Pastor, you know what? Nobody wants to pass the baton. What if, and I'm praying that they live as long as they want to, but we got people in position that's been in position for 20 and 30 years. So when y'all die off or whatever, who's going to take your place if you're not willing to pass the baton? So we start all over from ground zero. Yep. Yep, we have to start at home plate. Start batting at home plate every, every time. Instead of us, yeah. some of us starting on first base, second base, third base. Right. We, we well, we can't let us play past the baton. But we can't get mad yeah. at other people until we come together as a people ourselves. I'm not going to hold y'all, but I appreciate the show, and I appreciate y'all doing what doing. But we can't get mad at nobody until we come together because we were always together as slaves all the way up into the 60s. When we struggled, we stuck together. We had a neighborhood, and it went from neighborhood to hood with that old Roman tactic, divide and conquer. God bless you, Pastor, right. and I'll see you soon in the room and in, 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 in church tomorrow. All right. See you tomorrow. Okay. All right. You, you know, Reverend Barnett, um, when you all mentioned, uh -huh. he mentioned the gentlemen that were handcuffed in the boat. Uh, the mm -hmm. three, the three young, the three young ladies in Atlanta, Texas, uh, that were found uh, murdered in the pond came to my yeah. mind. And yeah, and you were the first person that I heard mention that. Uh, on any news organization, and as of yet, uh, I haven't heard anything about that investigation. So we also want to, you know, make sure that that stays, you know, in people's minds because that's that's about as heinous and hideous and despicable as anything you could do to to, to drown three little uh, young black young girls at five, eight, and yeah, nine. And they were young girls. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. And and that person needs to be brought to justice. That person cannot be allowed to walk the streets uh, after having done such a terrible crime. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, when you yeah. see the thing about uh, the young ladies and the gentleman in Idaho, uh, 
uh, how thoroughly they investigated and they found a killer. Well, we need the same mm-hmm. type of intensity to find out who killed those little girls. And uh, definitely, sir. Uh, I'm trying to think of think of the name of that town. Atlanta, Texas. Uh, yeah, right outside of Atlanta. Yeah, that's where it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't afford to let that die, and I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad. All right, you brought it. Uh, we can't afford to let that die. Mm-mm. I mean, three. We the 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 the, the white folks would have had. Would have went mad dog crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, had these been three little white girls, mm-hmm. and so we can allow our children, our young people, to be mistreated, and we do nothing about it. Right? We are we are not rest until the killer is found. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Now let's go back to the callers, Pierre. Who do we have? Uh, we have uh, Casey Thomas on line one. Ooh. Casey Thomas. Casey Thomas? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good morning, Casey. Morning, Pastor Boy. Hi, how you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing great. I told you I called back in this week because uh, we're having that Don Town Hall meeting. It's actually going to be Wednesday. It's going to be at 6 p.m. Circuit Boys and Recreation Center. And for those who, I know the lady asked the address. Address is 5150 Bob Trail Way, Dallas, Texas, And let me tell you, I want to go into a little bit more detail on why this is important. And I was glad my colleague, Mayor Pro Tim, came right behind me and talked about this. This is mm-hmm. our opportunity to get streets, sidewalks, other things specifically in our neighborhood that we have needed for a number of years. Let me tell you, when we passed the racial equity plan, Pastor Barnett, what it said was mm-hmm. everything we do going forward will be done with a focus around racial equity, which means our budget mm-hmm. in 2024 will be done through a racial equity lens, which means those communities that have been most negatively impacted historically will be the ones mm-hmm. that will be priority in this bond. So this is our chance. We have no excuses. We're going to make sure that we're a part of this process. The task force has already started meeting, and I'm inviting District 3 or live in the city of Dallas, but specifically District 3. I'm inviting you to come out this Wednesday, 6 p.m., and we will start on time. At Thurgood Marshall Recreation Center, we will go through the process, and we will also get input on what you would like to see included in the 2024 bond, it is critically important that we are at the table early in this process. Or you know if you're not on the table, you're on the menu. And we've been on the menu for far too long. Well, Casey, I don't know if you can express or I could or anybody express enough how important this is. This is money. This is our money. These, these are our tax dollars. We should work reciprocity on the money that we put into this city. And now's the time to get your neighborhoods looking like other neighborhoods and different things like that. We, we See, this, this is very important. This is very important. This is very. Please, people, come out. 
I, I can't you. emphasize enough. I can't emphasize enough, Pastor Barnett, how important uh-huh. it is. You know, we complain about yeah. how oftentimes our neighborhood look, but I'm telling you, we <coughs> this council has set the deck for our community when we passed the racial equity plan. When we passed mm-hmm. the racial equity resolution, it's saying that those who have historically been historically that's the key word because I'm going to tell you this yeah. game is being played this game is being played and I'm at the table Pastor that. that's why as I get ready to close my tenure I want to make sure the community knows that there are people who are going to say well we don't have any parts out here or they'll say our area looks like this well that's recent but historically 30, 40, 50 years the black community in southern Dallas and west Dallas has been intentionally, historically neglected when it comes to resources, dollars. That's right. That's right. To say we yeah. get what we deserve. Mm-hmm. So I gotta, mean, I mean. We got to show up. Even when we're tired. Yeah. Even when we just got off of work, show up. Because when they see the numbers, I said this for the past eight years. When we show up, Things change. I can tell you, I sat in that horseshoe, and when black folks show up and fill that chamber, people act different, they respond different, and most importantly, they vote different. This is our time, and we've got to take uh, advantage of it. Well, Councilman, uh, let me ask this, and uh, I know the answer, but let me let me ask you: Will everybody have the opportunity to be heard and give their opinion? on what we need in our community, will everyone be able to be recognized? Absolutely. Everyone will have their chance. This is their chance to tell exactly what they feel needs to be done for their neighborhood and for our community. Absolutely. What I've done is I gave all of my neighborhood association presidents homework. They had about 45 days to meet with their neighbors and come back with a list of projects, sidewalks, uh, et cetera, in their streets, thoroughfare, in their neighborhood, alleys. See, that's the other thing. Alleys. This is mm-hmm. how to get your alleys fixed. So yeah. I had them to come to the fence and present it, send it to my office. We turned it into the bond office. So those projects are already on the list. But I know it's a lot of people that's not active in the neighborhood association. So I don't want to stop there. I want to give anybody a chance. If there's something going on in your neighborhood, then, hey, the road is controlled. We got areas in Southern Dallas and Oak Cliff where we got creeks, and the creeks are eating up people's property. This is your chance to get your house on the needs inventory list. People call in on on this show to tell you I've gotten their erosion control project problem fixed because they were persistent, and they made sure that it was included on the bond list. And once it was on the bond and it was approved, it was just a matter of when we got the funding to do it. That's the first step. Got to get it on the needs inventory list. Uh huh. All right, we got it. We got it. That's this Wednesday at six p.m. Right? This Wednesday, six p.m. Sharp. We will start on time. If you have to come straight from work, come straight from and work. And where will it be? Thurgood Marshall Recreation Center, 5150 Park Trail Way, right next to Bahama Beach. All right. Okay, then. Councilman.
Thank Co- you for the information. Councilman, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to uh, ask you about something. I am a, an affordable housing advocate. And uh, because, you know, of my story of being homeless and et cetera, um, I was at the meeting uh, last month, and we were oh. talking to the gentleman uh, about uh, the housing component of the bond. Uh-huh. And he mentioned um, a number that I thought was inadequate. Uh, $100 million is a drop in the bucket. And the reason I think this number is inadequate is because the southern sector has never had a major development of $800 million in housing. Uh, to my knowledge, since I've been here. So I'm working with this group, and we would like to see $400 million of that bond go for affordable housing. Uh, and the reason behind that is we can leverage another $600 million uh, if we have the city to come up with $400 million. So I want to make sure that, uh, you know, you as a council person and the audience in general understand that we need this type of development in the southern sector, and in particular, we need housing, affordable housing, in the southern sector because we've never had any type of development like this since I've been here since 2006. Yeah, I'm glad you shared that with me. I'm going to ask that you, one, come on out Wednesday night and set up and make that heard. But two, we are building a coalition outside of the council of individuals all across the city who believe that we need to put more money into affordable housing in this fund. And so I was glad to hear that the people in North Dallas feel the same way as people here in South Dallas. So we're going to build this coalition for affordable housing for the fund for, at a minimum, at a minimum, $250 million. Right now, like you said, somebody talked about $100 million. If you look at the numbers of projected, it's not even $100 million projected just for affordable housing. So we need to build this coalition. We need to educate the community about why we need this amount of money. And so I'm right there with you. Let's make sure that we can make it known, make it known to the council. Come on back down if you haven't signed up. And if you're eligible, come on in. Sign up. Let the council know that what you just said to me. And we can advocate for that and build advocacy and a coalition around that. I'll be going back to organizing the minute I leave the council. All right, and we'll take this short break, and we'll be right back. Yo, what's up? It's I'm going to kick it with the line, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it like right Here we go. Well, it's time. And we're back for our final segment on church information and open forum with Marion Barnett, senior the host. And Reverend Barnett, can you talk about your church service tomorrow one more time before the show ends? Okay. Uh, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., uh, we will be having service at Heavenly Joy Church, and we will be welcoming everybody to come enjoy the Lord with us. And uh, it's, it's there. It's, it's open to everybody. We preach the gospel. The Spirit leads us. And... Many times I, I, I come to realize that a lot of people, when you say that you'll be teaching 
they they feel like the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit is not in that church they teach. No. That's when he really comes because he realized then he has a captured audience who really understand what he, the third person in the Trinity, is all about. So everybody, everybody is welcome to be with us. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., on Facebook, Marion Barnett Senior. That's how you get it. I have a new jar chase. Okay. Hope to see you pop up on the, on the airway. So hope to see you get there. All right. Now, is that Marion C. Barnett Sr. or Marion Barnett Sr.? Marion Barnett Sr. Okay. All right. Okay, we got another call, Ron Barnett. All righty. Yeah, uh, we, we have Greg, uh, and uh, he's on line three. Greg? Yes. All righty. Greg. Good, mo good morning, Greg. Ron Barnett. Greg, yeah, and Good morning. Yes. Good morning. How you doing? I've been doing good. And yourself? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. You've been listening yeah. to the conversation. An interesting show. Good show this morning. But the one thing to tie all this together, we spoke of how we were unified in the past. And there's a very good reason we've been unified in the past. We under Because it was for survival. We understood that if we, we would not survive, if we got picked off, if we got individualized or divided, we understood that. What integration mm -hmm. did was give us just enough for us to think or have the, the idea that we did not need each other. Mm -hmm. That's what it did. It gave uh -huh. us just enough. I said the idea. I didn't say independence. It gave us the idea that we did not need yeah. each other, and hence mm -hmm. we abandoned each other, and we went out... And just like in the disciples and all the others in Jesus' day, we are beginning mm -hmm. to focus on Rome. Mm -hmm. Instead of seeing mm -hmm. our flaw, our own flaws, we focusing too much on Rome. We want to stick Jesus on Rome. We want Jesus to make get Rome off our backs, not understanding that Rome was just an instrument of correction. Rome can mm -hmm. be dealt with overnight if we turn around and we go back to the God whom we serve and we abandon our sinful ways, humble ourselves and pray, turn back to God. Mm -hmm. Our issues, yes, they are oppressing us, but they are oppressing us for a reason. They are oppressing us because what? We've turned away from God. We are disobedient. We have envied our oppressors and taken on their ways, and it's destroying us. Man, you, you, you. Uh, what's your name? Greg. Greg. Hello? Greg Barber. Oh, this, this is Greg. Yeah, it's Greg. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I wonder who is it? Where well, this calling been all this time? <laughs> Greg. It used to be our jobs, man. But, yeah. Yes. Uh, but guess what? Guess what, Greg? One thing <laughs> the Civil Rights Bill did do, they couldn't help it, but they it came out anyway. It showed America and the world that we are intelligent. Mm. Oh, yes, they show. They respect us now in a different way than they once did. <laughs> Disrespect us. <laughs> once they find out we are intelligent, they begin to come up with more ways to oppress us. Mm -hmm. They're they putting out every trick in the book now on us. Mm -hmm. And this is what's happening, and we need to use our intelligence 
in a positive way. The hair is not by coming together. You're so, you're so right. Go right here. But yes, yes, our programming, we just enough uh, assistance, housing assistance, just enough to where we figure we don't need each other. But yet and still, we are not free. We are not depend. We are not independent, but we are dependent. But unlike our forefathers and foremothers, we don't realize. Mm-hmm. Right. We think we've made it over. We think we've arrived, and we are a good two steps ahead of where they were. Only they knew it, and they understood unity was the key to their survival. When we we are steady petitioning and go make wrong, and you said it eloquently. You said, no, they are never going to treat us with parity. They are never going to. Did Rome ever treat them with? No. No. They did not. Rome had to be what? Overthrown. But Rome was overthrown right. by the hand of God. He was overthrown mm-hmm. by the hand of God, not by man. And we yep. looking, we want to stick him on them. And the true thing, they steady, even the disciples who followed him around, they, they wanted, they were looking for Jesus to pivot and attack Rome. That's what they wanted. That's what they were focused on. They refused to see their own flaws and what he really came to do. And that's our plight right now. We are That's too right. focused on Rome. We need to focus on ourselves. And when we get ourselves in order, Rome will be dealt with. All right. You're so right. You're so right, Greg. Yeah. That's, that's really good. That's really good. Uh, I, I, will, I will further that with the pitch. A lot of this came out of the Reverend Barnett. Uh, Monday night Bible study, which we truly need to get back in some form or fashion. So a lot of this teaching came out of his Bible study, which he used to have on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to get that back going. We'll have to get it back going, Greg. All righty. There's, uh, okay. there's one thing that I heard uh, on a documentary, I think. Uh, it's And it's it says it said that uh, the conquered society assumes the traits of the conquering society, and what that means is, if my army takes your country, whatever characteristics and customs and things that my army has, you're going to tend to adopt because you are trying to be looked upon favorably by me as the conqueror because you know I have a big stick that I will go upside your head with. So when you look at how African-Americans behave through that lens, that has something to do with it because we were brought over here as slaves. We've been mistreated for 400 years and we're trying to assimilate to try and make it a softer landing. So uh, we... Let's keep that in mind. You, 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 you are you are correct. But even in that, God dealt with that because He told them that they were going to be enslaved. He told them they were going to be enslaved for four hundred years. But He also gave them He say, "What envy not your oppressors, nor what take on their way. Even though they over you, that's only for a while. I'm going to bring you out, but you don't start acting like them. We are in the world, but not what of the world." We have to mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Easier said than done. High, we answer to it. No, it, it is, most definitely. <laughs> but we, 
We cannot act now. You say that, but we cannot deny once you accept, believe, and confess. We are endowed with that same spirit that got Jesus up on the third day. So are we limiting that spirit? Are we saying that spirit can't do it? Are we not stirring up the gift? Well, let's 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 move forward with that. We need to implement it. Amen. Oh, amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your call. That clears the line, 972-607-1893. Who do we have here? Uh, James uh, is on uh, line four. James? Yes. All righty. All righty. Good morning, James. Uh, good morning, Reverend Barnett and Leon. Um, I agree totally with the previous caller, but at the same time, I think it's important to remember that we always talk a good game amongst ourselves. Um, we talk a good game to ourselves, but we also need to talk a good game to the people that we are paying, the people on our payroll, the people that owe us because they're getting our money. I'm talking about the elected officials. And for that, I got a suggestion, uh, which is that everybody ought to put into their phone Just, just like you got Ray Ray and Pookie's double in there, put all the numbers of the elected officials from the White House down to the senators, down to the dog catcher, mm-hmm. put it in your phone. So if something comes up, you can ring them up and tell them how you mm-hmm. feel. You can cuss them out if you want to. No, you know? we don't want to do that. Uh, but, but, um, <laughs> I'd, uh, and, and towards that, um, like, I got one other, one other uh, point I want to raise about, uh, reparation uh in this country there have been over 20 cities already that have put forth reparations initiatives and the question that comes to my mind is where is dallas in this and uh of course uh as a blank space there and here cricket um i want to ask what city council person uh is has the guts to put forth some kind of initiative to bring reparations to Dallas. I'm sure that we need it just as bad as the next city. Okay. Thank you very much. I'm going to hang up and right, Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. We have one more call up here. We've got about four minutes left. Yeah. Uh, we have Red Ghost on line one. Red Good morning, Red Ghost. Good morning, Pastor, and everybody that, that is listening to your beautiful show today. Hey, don't you know that it is, uh, the month is Black Music Month. And I like to say that out at, uh, out at, um, uh, Graham Spark in DeSoto, we are having the Black Music And we're also having some artwork, uh, music put on at, at Book, at, uh, over here at the Keith, at the Keith Library. Mm-hmm. Black, for Black History Month with music. And down at Eloise Lundy, they're having a block party from uh, 10 to 1 on the 10th. And I'd just like to let everybody know that, listen to your show, Rev. Rembrandt, you are the one that, 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 that led everything to this point here and been saying what they're going to do and how they're going to change things around. And it's only a group of people that's doing that to make the other people that really like people to cause this problem. So we got to stick together. And Greg, you're 100% on point, 100% on point. And I'd like to say thank you. Mm-hmm. And y'all have a beautiful day. Reverend Burnett and Ken on yes. this year. All right. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank and you that's very all much. Down for it. Right, with the music by Laurent yeah. Armstrong. Okay. All right, all right yeah, Reverend. Well, it, really, it really is is American music because black music is really the only music that America can can claim. You can't claim country and western, no. They came out of black music. Country and western. All the music you find in America, done by America, came from black people. But uh, it's time for us, I guess, to get off the air. What time is it, uh, Pierre? Uh, it's 8.58. Uh, yeah. So, Reverend Barnett, let's talk about your church service one more time before we have to leave. One more time. One more time. Thank you. I tell you what, uh, be with us tomorrow morning. Be with us uh, with Heavenly Joy Churches on Facebook, Marion Barnett Senior. And hopefully all of you will join. Everybody should join us tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. tomorrow morning on Facebook, Marion Barnett Senior. May the Lord bless all of you and keep you until we see you again. Bye-bye.